Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. I'm Andrew Stroud, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Abigail Wilson, to talk about how you can get better at sharing your faith. Now, neither Abigail nor I are gifted evangelists, so the things we're covering today are for regular, everyday believers like you. We talk about why it's important to share our faith and then give simple, practical tips on how you can gain confidence, become more consistent, and improve your effectiveness as you learn to share your faith with those around you. We also have a fun challenge for you at the end that we hope you take us up on. Enjoy today's episode on how to share your faith. It's going good. We've had a, a little bit of a fun start uh, with our technology this we morning, have. but I think I think we're off and running. Yeah, you guys, just so you know, um, just a little insight into what goes on. We just had like a full, I don't know, 10 seconds of silence where we were both waiting for each other to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you don't have to listen to that, thankfully. We're, we're both here now. So yeah, Andrew, are. how's it going? It's going great. We are... Um, we are off and running with summer. The kids are on break. The sun is actually shining today. I know I've I've complained. It's, it should be illegal for San Diegans to complain about the weather, but we really do get this this gray overcast, almost like you would imagine Seattle. Um, it's that way for most of May and June here in, in San Diego. Months. So, like, see, I know, I know. <laughs> so I've just been waiting, waiting yeah. for the sun and it's, it's out, it's out today. Good. So I'm Great. excited. We're thankful for that update. I know that you've had a tougher morning. We talked a little bit before recording. So yeah. how are the, how oh, are the man. kids, how are the kids doing? We're doing great. Um, my kids are also um, on summer break. We're like in the full fledged midst of it. I think we're about three weeks in. Um, it's, I've heard my name said, I don't know, an innumerable amount of times in a day. They're just like, say my personal name at least five times. I think they all have OCD so that like they have to say it a good 10 times before they start speaking. Even if I'm looking at them and have said, what child? Right. Um, they still like say my name about four more times. Um, yep. Anyway, so, you know, good times all around. And we did have a crazy morning. I was out early doing some errands and I saw a little dog get hit by a car like right in front of us and I didn't know what to do so I just yelled out like close your eyes to my children (laughs) I look in the rearview mirror and they've all like slapped their hands over their eyes so that was good I guess I know what to do now when things happen (laughs) just like yell that it was just like my first instinct was like protect my children's eyes from what is happening oh man anyway it was dramatic yeah, uh, but anyway. that's a tough start. And we, we, you said you don't know the dog might be okay, that it was at least, uh, yeah, there's I, a chance. There's a chance that he was just injured, hopefully. Yes. I mean, he was, he seemed very active. I don't really want to go into it. It was kind of rough. <laughs> but his back leg for sure got injured and he was pretty right. upset about it. Um, but sure. I did see another car stop behind me, thankfully. Um, I made that split second choice to like protect my children from trauma instead of stopping for the dog. So if you have like hater remarks for me, I'm really sorry. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I protected my children over the dog, but thankfully someone else may be better equipped than me stopped right behind me. So right. if you're like up for praying for dogs, I guess we, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it was just rough. I mean, oh, it is anyway. rough. All right, we'll change yeah. the subject. Sorry, everybody. Well, on happier news, I think the last time we talked, because we've had a couple of interview episodes in between today's conversation and the one that we did together before, but Lakeith and Steph did get married. Um, yes. It was a beautiful, wonderful ceremony, and um, they're still on their honeymoon uh, this week, so obviously Keith is not joining us. Where's your commitment, Keith? Where's your commitment? No, I think <laughs> I know, it's in the right place. I it's, it's I think so it's with too. His new, I'm very his new wife. pleased. <laughs> I'm pleased with where his choices have been laying. I did not realize just what kind of an internet stalker I was until I knew that Keith was getting <laughs> married and I was just like on the gram and on the Facebook, like where are the people <laughs> posting pictures of this wedding right now? And I was disappointed in everyone. Um, oh man, tough, uh, tough, yeah. tough words. <laughs> How I, long did it take I, to get your first glance? Um, probably it was probably the next morning. Um, thank you, Jess Snyder. If you're listening to this, just know that you really brought me the first peek into <laughs> that wedding. I was so happy. <laughs> anyway, I I should have told you guys that you needed to do better. I mean. As right. I'm sure people listening were the same way. And just know that I was feeling it too. As fans of Keith and Steph, I was I was all wanting them to be like celebrities who post pictures. Well, <laughs> we were fully in the moment. But I do know that a lot of phot- photographs and video was captured. I'm going to ask Zach Brock if he... Zach is our... Uh, production our digital production tech here with into the harvest and he was video recording different parts of the the wedding and and the reception and i know at one point he was leading a congo line out on the dance floor with the the camera running wow. so i'm gonna Excellent. see if we can't get a uh, a short clip of of that uh, of that the celebration <laughs> afterwards yeah yeah absolutely so well, cool. we'll try to get more more uh yeah, yeah, we need more um, content on that wedding. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm glad yeah. it w- went great. We can't wait to have Keith back on the podcast again soon, and we will for sure question him on all of that good stuff. Um, but it's just the two of us today, so we'll do our best. We've do got best. a really cool topic for today. Um, uh, if you are following along on our blog, then you know that the last two weeks um, we've been doing a series on evangelism, and we're going to talk about it today on the podcast as well, because there's really just so much on this topic. And so I'm really glad to have you, Andrew, and have kind of your insight and wisdom on this topic. So let's just get started on kind of how you may see just what current day evangelism should look like for just the everyday person. Yeah, I'm excited about this topic too. And it's, I don't consider myself a a natural gifted evangelist, that this has been an area of life where I've really wanted to grow. And even now uh, I have a desire to get better and uh, to be a more faithful uh, witness for Jesus and, and to be more alert to sharing my faith just as I go through everyday life. So I am not coming at this from from the standpoint of being an expert or someone who's gifted in evangelism. Um, I think it was maybe a month or so back we did an episode on prayer, going deeper in prayer. And we talked about uh, the, the old saying that if you want to make a, a believer feel guilty, then ask them about their prayer life or ask them about how it's going sharing their faith. And those are typically two areas where um, 
you know, even sincere, well-minded uh, believers can oftentimes struggle. And so sharing your faith and this topic of how to share your faith is, is something that we're still learning and growing in. But you do pick up some things over the years. And so hopefully uh, what we talk about today will be helpful for, for others. Yeah. I think um, we come from an, an evangelical stream of Christianity. And so this idea of sharing your faith is something that I do think we, we know instinctively that we're supposed to do it. And I think that absolutely matches up with what we see in Scripture, that Jesus left his first followers when you go back to Acts chapter 1, and he tells them that you're going to be witnesses for me. And that's still one of the primary roles of a follower of Jesus is to be a witness for Jesus and to be a messenger that like Jesus left us with the good news, the gospel, the message about him. And so we're supposed to know that message and share that message. And so I think, um, you know, when you ask about the state of uh, evangelism here in in the 21st century, I, I think it's something that people still know they need to engage in and they need to get better at, um, but oftentimes struggle to know where to start. And Abby, you wrote an article on the blog, not this this past week, but the week before that, that first article you were talking about on three things that often keep us from from sharing our faith. And so hopefully we can talk about ways to overcome those during our conversation today. Yeah, I um, that first point, which was just, we just genuinely don't know where to start. Uh, I think a lot of Christians feel that. And I'm glad that you and I don't feel like we identify as evangelists <laughs> because I hope that that will then help our listeners to know that we too are just in this. But as followers of Jesus, we're all called to do it. And so just because we may not feel like it's a strong gifting of ours or that we're all just like really, really know so much about it, that we're still, this is part of our struggle as followers of Jesus to try to do our best in it. So hmm. we'll just, maybe it'll be more of an encouragement for all of us than us sharing deep wisdom. Um, I did want to share a little story um, that, and I shared it on our Insta stories a while ago, but uh, if you didn't catch that, I'll just tell you now. I was writing that first article and <laughs> I was just feeling very profity or something, and I was just, like, down on all of us as Christians. And I was like, you know what? I've been walking around in this world, and not a soul has ever shared the gospel with me, ever. You know, hmm. I know I'm a Christian. Just ignore that part. But I was just thinking, like, <laughs> if all of us Christians were doing our job, then surely there would be some overlap, right? And some random person would come up and share the gospel with me. So I was just, you know, maybe having a little... Um, Elijah moment where it's like, I'm the last one. And that very day I was at the splash pad and this Hispanic couple walk up to me and they hand me a track and they're like, start in on the gospel. And I was literally in shock. Like I could hardly believe it. And they didn't speak very good English and they had kind of a, it wasn't a very polished, um, you know, intro or anything and in fact I, we were like a couple of minutes in before I even realized what was happening so but it was so encouraging I was so blessed by this couple because they were being so obedient 
even to the point that they were there um, as Mexicans in San Antonio, Texas, not speaking the language very well, and yet still feeling, you know, this desire to share the gospel with people. Uh, it was just really, really blessed my heart. And so even from that experience, I think I gleaned a lot that there's just a lot to just having the desire and the heart for people. Um, so even if we don't take away any like great tools from this particular podcast, I do want us to at least pass on that idea of just the heart for people and then the heart for the lost. These guys, they were so passionate and we were having such a good time because, you know, I can get really passionate and we were just <laughs> like, you know, brothers and sisters like hanging out and I got to pray for them. And then we were just like passionately talking and uh, a policeman actually walked up to us and was like, is everything okay? You know, <laughs> we were like... Like, oh no, we're just really bad. <laughs> so anyway, it was a good time. Uh, so yeah, I kind of got carried away there, but I just no. wanted maybe to open us with that just that heart for the for the lost is maybe where we should all start when it comes to the idea of sharing the gospel. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. And I think that that is a good place to start is just recognizing that this is what we've been called to be. We've been called to be witnesses for Jesus, regardless of how unprepared or ill-suited you think of yourself. Jesus uh, calls you to be a witness. He, he's given you the gospel. He's given you this good news, and he does want you to learn how to share it with others. I, I do think that that is the starting point. And because what we can do is we could, we can really outsource that, or we can, we can buy into the idea that, well, someone else, um, is better gifted and is out there sharing the gospel. It's it's a privilege that all of us get to not only have faith, but share that faith and represent Jesus with others. And one, one thing that I'm constantly reminded of and that I, I try to remind others of is, is that we all are in the harvest with Jesus. And, you know, he's put us in a certain corner of the harvest and you are the best positioned person with a certain group of people that the Lord has put you around. You're, you're the best positioned to share the faith with that group of people. There is no better expert that's going to come onto the scene. That's why the Lord has you there. So I think that is really the starting point, Abigail. Okay. So, um, yeah, friends, we're back. Uh, for just a second there, we had some technical difficulties, but... You know what, Zach, he is a professional through and through, and we know that he will have tied this puppy together so seamlessly that you will have no <laughs> idea what just happened, but Andrew and I did, I don't know, three or four countdowns to restart this sucker. So we're back, right, Andrew? You're here. We're, we're together. Yes, we are here. Okay. We're together. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> take take three. Yeah, take 15 or whatever. Okay, so as we, <laughs> um, yeah, we just get into this, we kind of know that we all have this heart and we understanding of just our own little corner of the harvest, we want to move forward. And so I kind of want to start maybe even with what I talked about on the blog, which was just maybe we don't know how to share or how how we should even get started. We feel pretty unprepared moving forward. So maybe we'll just kind of cover maybe some things that we feel like would help us to feel more prepared. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so I, I did do a second blog post. Uh, boy, I'm just really going heavy on the blog <laughs> post trailer here. 
<laughs> and in yeah, that second one, we, I did talk about just practice being something that maybe we don't do enough of in the church. Uh, we do a lot of listening and taking in information, but we don't do a lot of practicing necessarily. And so it really is something worth taking a minute to at least put together in our own mind what our personal story is and then how we would maybe articulate the gospel. Yeah. So so that might be a new idea for some people because I do think that we have a, a, a pretty uh, receptive approach to Christianity. A lot of times, you know, it's it's show up, be there, listen, even, you know, if you're really serious, take notes. Uh, and then if you're really, really serious, maybe look at those notes later. But the idea of practicing is probably a new a new idea for some people. So how does that look for you, Abby? Yeah, one thing that we have done as a church is we will literally get out three chairs and have each of us sit in the chairs. So you would this first chair you would say like two words about who you were before you were following Jesus. And then in the second chair we will articulate the gospel of just what Jesus did for us on the cross and what we have to do to accept him and then how we did accept him. And then that last chair is a couple of words about who we are now. And then we also ask a question to kind of lead the conversation forward because we don't just want to monologue out of the person and then be like, peace out and then run away. And they're just like, they don't say anything and the kind of conversation fizzles out. Um, So we will literally practice that as a church. And it was when we first did that, it was the first time I had ever really even put those connections together in my mind. And you know this about me, Andrew. I'm a verbal communicator. So why hadn't yeah. I verbally communicated that? It was really <laughs> helpful for me just to kind of scramble through all of those concepts of my faith that I had had for, you know, going on 20 years at that point and had never really made it into something that I could communicate with a person. So that was just a helpful exercise for me to just put into words and not just ramble on and on, which is what I probably would have done. So. Yeah, that's great. That's that's one of the things that one of the ways that I think we can, one of the most basic ways that we can share our faith is to just share our story, um, our testimony, what God has done in our lives. And that's, that's a pretty natural thing. Uh, oftentimes when you're meeting someone or you're, you're getting to know someone, it's very, it's very common just to be talking about background and history and um, what brought you and made you the person that you are today. And so if we know how to, and, and this should be a huge part of our story and our background is, is the role that Christ has played and that faith has played. And so it can be a really natural way to share your faith with someone that you're getting to know. And, and of course, you're wanting to get to know them as well. But uh, that's one of it's one of the three ways that I think we'll share with our listeners today, three ways to share your faith. One is just becoming more articulate with sharing your story. And, you know, people in business do this all the time. There's actually something that's called an elevator pitch, which some of our listeners might be familiar with, but it's really, you know, the, the concept is you get into the elevator and you've got this short 20 second ride with someone and they ask you, so what do you do? And you actually need to spend time thinking through, well, how would you answer that question? And so people outside of Christianity, outside of the faith, actually take this very serious and spend a lot of time practicing and and trying to really hone in on what is it that I would want to share when that opportunity presents itself. And so it's a similar idea with us. We want to be 
become more skilled at sharing what's already true about our story, but doing it in a way that that leads to more conversation with this person that we're getting to know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I, and maybe it's just me also being an extrovert and a verbal processor, but I've seen this in a lot of people that when we aren't really you know, ready for it and we don't have an elevator pitch even, then we tend to ramble because we know there's this point that we really want to make and we're just kind of like shooting at it from all directions. We're like, well, if I just keep you know, hit, trying to hit the mark, like eventually I will. And so we go on maybe longer than we should. And so I think that's one of the <laughs> benefits to having an elevator pitch. Um, and to be, this is a really deep, dark secret that, you know, my church probably doesn't realize about me, but we practice, you know, sharing our stories in church a lot. And I ha- I mean, it's like rote, like I, it's word for word. I say it the same way. And that's really good to have, like you say it exactly mm-hmm. the same way. But when I I'm out in public and I actually share it with people, it doesn't really come out that way, but it is a lot smoother. It's much more natural, but I know because I have that like that rote one that just just comes forth from my my mouth because I've said it so many times and practiced it so many times. It then helps me, you know, keep my thoughts in line in that moment and and just be able to to really speak to that person well. So there's just something to being um, prepared and having something already lined up to help us then be authentic in the moment because we don't have to worry about what we're going to say next because we have already generally planned that out and practiced it. So, yeah, I think it's a good... Yeah, that, it's... It's true, and it's it's really basic psychology, and there's there's a lot of science that goes behind the idea of, you know, when we're excited or when we experience stress, whether that's positive stress or you know, maybe we're nervous, um, you know, your brain, your brain really does have a hard time functioning at its highest level in those moments, and so if you've trained and you've prepared, then that really takes over and it provides something of a framework that allows you to stay organized with your thoughts. And that's, that's really what you're describing there, Abigail, is one of the benefits of preparing and practicing your testimony and your story um, is when those opportunities come and your heart rate accelerates, <laughs> either because you're, you're nervous or you're just really excited, then you've trained and and that, that provides sort of this this guideline for you to begin to share your story, but do it in a way that's that's effective. So yeah, again, absolutely. this isn't limited to Christianity. This is yeah. just this is if something's important, and so this is you see this in the military, you see this with the emergency responders, that they train intensively because they don't want to be trying to overthink things in the moment. And in the same way, um, it's good for us to really practice our our story so that we're ready when those moments um, arise. Yeah, I think, though, that there is a whole camp of of believers, and I was one of them, that's why I can say this, is that feels like, well, it's not very authentic, and I'm not being led by the Holy Spirit if I've, you know, done this huge practice session beforehand. Um, Hmm. And I think... What you just said, though, still does apply, that if we have this framework that we have been obedient in and, 
you know, tried to cultivate in our hearts and our lives and our minds, then when we get in the moment, then the Holy Spirit is able to work with all of that. And then I really do think um, we are more capable of being a vessel for what he has planned. Um, So just if you are in that camp and you're listening to this and being like, oh, it's not going to be authentic, just know that I also thought that and it's not the case. Mm. Don't worry. Yeah, because what's what's getting introduced in the moment is this real conversation. So yeah. that that I think provides the the variation. You're not just robotically um, sharing. I mean, usually there's already been some conversation that's taken place. So it's it's not like you just walk up to a stranger and necessarily start sharing your story. Right. So there's there's that context that that you're segueing into. Um, well, one thing you mentioned, Abigail, is is the idea of timing and limiting the amount of time spent. So maybe share a little bit more. We've done something similar, but I'd like to hear more about how you guys use the three chairs and the timing to, yeah, to become I mean, I more think succinct. When we, when we started, it was, we tried to have a one minute story and then some overachievers were like, oh, we can get this sucker down to 15 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, I'm out. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> but I think the idea behind it um, was really good and really valid, which is how can we be really succinct um, so that we just start a conversation with somebody, um, which it really is. We're just saying, I want to turn this conversation to spiritual things. So I'm going to give you a tiny taste. And if you bite, then, you know, then I'm going to be all in with you. Maybe I'll share more of my story or mm-hmm. um, I'll hear more of your story. And then I can speak to that and speak life into that. Um, and I did really like that idea that because a lot of times um, and this goes back to the first article I wrote, you know, we fear rejection. We fear what the person is going to respond with when we share the gospel. And I found that if we go in with a heart of openness to the person and less about us and our story or what we think about Jesus and are more open to mm-hmm. hear where they are right now in relation to Jesus, like if they're like way, way far away, or maybe they're just right there at the door, it's going to require us to listen a little bit. And so, I think um, kind of having that idea that I'm just getting this conversation started with um, an opener of some kind, a question that I can ask them to find out more about where they are, then there's actually less um, likelihood of rejection because they sense your authenticity, I think. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You guys, do you, you have some sort of time limit or when you talk about sharing so, your... Well, the limit that we tried to, to, to put is that we, we take um, a piece of paper, just a regular eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, fold it in half, and then you've got half of that sheet of paper to to jot out, you know, your life before Christ, um, what changed, how you how you became a person of faith, and then the difference that it's made in your in your life since then. And that is a real challenge to try to yeah. uh, to, to capture just the the essence of those three stages of your life. But it's it's a good exercise because it really it forces you to really think through um, what what is the difference that Christ has made in your life and and how did that come about? You know, how would you share that? And so, not so much from a, a timing standpoint, but just from limiting and then. The same as what you described, you know, having people share that and practice that with one another. Um, and you can start literally by reading it mm-hmm. and then, you know, trying to move to where you're, you've got it down 
by by memory. So it's another yeah. way to just to begin to practice. Yeah, your and that's very visual, which a lot of people are very visual learners. So that's a, another great way to kind of lay you know, it out. I, you know, I want to double back to something you had said though about the idea of and this is maybe um, and just an ongoing question that we as believers wrestle with, which is God's part, our part. And, you know, where is the line between being led by the spirit and where is the line where we are supposed to to seek and knock and ask, you know, um, because there's so much in Scripture that that calls us to action and, and the Lord's already given us uh, directions. And so I think sometimes we're waiting for the Lord to do work that he's already given to us. And, and that doesn't. Mm that's not necessarily going to to play out the way that we want it to so and the way that he wants it to so yeah. i think you know preparing yourself is is being led by the spirit because the spirit has already communicated to us that this is this is an important part of our life on this earth as followers of jesus is to represent him to be witness for, witnesses for him and to, to work alongside him as he gathers a people for the Father. And when you take that serious, then just like in any other arena of life, you're going to put in some some effort on the front end to, to prepare yourself. So Yeah. Well, that actually brings me to, um, and, and is a good segue for us to maybe step away from our own story and just focus a little bit more on the gospel. Um, because I, I find that um, maybe we're a lot more comfortable with our own story, but then we get a little tripped up on how we explain the gospel, but it's really, really important <laughs> because it has power. <laughs> That's actually where the power comes from. Um, our own story, whether it's relevant to that person or not, or whether it's relatable or not, it does not matter. The gospel has real power. And that is whether they accept it in that moment or whether they reject it in that moment, it has planted seeds and we have, you know, a promise that it will not return void. So um, really understanding how to communicate the gospel is really key to us as believers because we all have received that ourselves, but then we do have this job of passing it on. And that can be like, once again, we return to that idea of, you know, we've listened to sermons about it. We've listened to other people explain it to us. And yet we've maybe never really articulated it ourselves. And that's an important thing to learn how to do. Um, so would you say that's like a gospel presentation, Andrew? Or how would we describe that as kind of, I don't know, for what would people start to figure out there? We actually, I'll put it in the show notes of this episode, but we have a quick study on the gospel that that I think is a starting point for people. So it's almost the same thing where there's there's work that we need to do um, to to really familiarize ourselves with the gospel message. Uh, and the gospel is is a it's a it's not some small thing. It's it's a very expansive thing, but we want to learn how to communicate it in a very clear a simple way. We don't want to overcomplicate the gospel. And so um, this uh, this resource that we'll make available to our listeners is a quick study through the book of Acts on what is the gospel. And it's it's a pretty unique thing. In in the Bible, we have books like Romans that really spend, you know, 16 chapters really exploring the gospel in depth. Almost like um, 
like a textbook breaking down the gospel and its and its effects. But if we go to the book of Acts, we have a unique opportunity to see what did those first followers of Jesus actually share. So when Peter is there at Pentecost and he has this opportunity to share the message about Jesus, what did he say? Yeah. And I think sometimes we overlook this amazing insight that the scripture is giving us. These first followers, the people that actually walked with Jesus in the flesh and the first ones who were sent out to be his witnesses, what did they witness about? What did they say when they had opportunities? And and you can actually go through seven episodes from the, the book of Acts and really begin to study when Philip was speaking to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. What was the message? What was the gospel? What did he share? And how did he call the the Ethiopian eunuch to respond? Because that's that's part of being a messenger. It's not just delivering information, but helping people respond to that information. So I think that's step one, I think, is is making a commitment to become a student of the gospel. Mm, that's good. Um, and then I think step two is, okay, there are so many great tools out there, um, gospel presentations that you can use to try to communicate that that message. But we do want to to do both. We want to be familiar with the message itself for our own sake. And then we need to figure out how to share it effectively. So yeah. I would say that the, those are two starting points yeah, when it comes really to sharing. Good. Yeah, that's really good. I um, Someone not that long ago said to me, do you know what the best um, gospel presentation is? Like, I know which one it is. And I was, I have seen about 15. So that's an exaggeration, right. but you know. Um, and so I like leaned in to hear what they had to say. Like, what is the best gospel presentation? Is it the bridge? Is it the three circles? Is it, you know, all the different ones that I've seen? And they were like, it's the one that you use. And I thought that was so good <laughs> because it's so true. It yeah. really, there are a lot and they're all really good and they all have the same elements. And ultimately, it's just the one that you're familiar with and that you're willing to use. So um, just pick one and go with it because it will be powerful once um, it's in play, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I even have a very, very short kind of layout of what the gospel is that I do with hand motions with my kids. And I may just get on the stories and have Justice, our three-year-old, do it for you, everyone just for like bonus because uh, it's pretty hysterical and also very humbling because if a three-year-old can share the gospel adequately then we all should too <laughs> oh man i i'm definitely intrigued oh yeah it's it's pretty hysterical and accurate. are you gonna have him sh- are you gonna have him share it again yeah no, I, will, I will do it yeah i will get on the stories this week maybe um maybe i'll do it on friday so check in tomorrow um and i will I will have a an example of of just the very simple gospel that we teach our kids from a very early age, so they can at least have that simple basis that is ingrained into their little psyches. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Andrew, let's um, kind of wrap it up here. As far as we've talked about, um, maybe our own story and how we should share that, and how. 
you know, we need to be students of the gospel. But then maybe there's a third thing that we need to sort of look at as far as this topic of evangelism. Just what is something that we need to just have understanding of as we move forward? Um, And I do you have a thought? You sound like you're going to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if this is what what you were thinking about. And this maybe this is actually the foundation. So I don't know that we're necessarily covering things in in like a uh, a chronological order. Yeah, yeah, that's not how I roll. (laughs) Which is fine. Um, But I, I do think that when you when you look at the scriptures and again, you look at the first followers of Jesus, one of the ways that they shared their faith was what I would call the, the come and see method. And so you see it right from the beginning in, in John chapter 1, where a few disciples meet Jesus and they're really impressed by him. And they immediately go out and they find uh, relatives and friends. And they don't know a whole lot about Jesus at this point. They've, they've only known him for a day or two. But they, they want to introduce their friends to Jesus. And so the invitation is simply to, to come and see. And you see the same dynamic happening in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. She's only had this short conversation with Jesus, but she goes back into the city there in Samaria. And she, she tells the, the townsfolk that, look, there's, there's someone out here who you need to meet. And she invites them to, to come and see. And they do. And many of them uh, come to faith, and so I think um, what that what that presumes, though, is that you have this ongoing walk with Christ. And I think that that's actually, if you're going to share your faith, you you actually have to be living it. And I don't mean that to to sound um, you know obvious, but I think a lot of believers they're not really following Jesus. They believe in Jesus. They attend. Um, you know, weekly services, and they show up to those those events, but they're not actively following him. He's not top of mind throughout the week. And so if if we are not actually personally engaged with Jesus, which is what those dis- disciples in John 1 and the woman at the well, there was this first-person interaction with Jesus, and that enabled them to invite others. I mean, the way I came to faith is a co-worker, um, invited me to begin reading the Bible with him. And I was intrigued because I had seen his life. He was, uh, I really admired him just in terms of the way he carried himself. I did have a curiosity about the Bible. And so that's really what he did. He didn't really share his story. He didn't give me some sort of presentation. He was following his beliefs and he invited me to to begin to read the Bible with him. And that's really what got me started. And so I would say that's actually maybe the first way that we can begin right from the, right from the start to share our faith is if we're walking with Jesus, we can invite others to come along with us. And you don't have to have this super clear understanding of the message, although that's, that's something you should work towards. And you may not know how to exactly explain what's going on in your life and your, in this life of faith, but you can invite people to, to begin to join you in this journey that you're on, which is a very natural way to, to share your faith, but it's gotta be in you. You know, you can't, you can't do that if you're not actively following Jesus yourself. Would that be like coming to a church service with you? What does come and see actually mean in like English? (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, like in my experience, um, it was, it was to begin to read the Bible together. So that was something I was actually interested in. Uh, I think it could be to come out to an event, whether that's a, a church service or, you know, a lot of things that we do here in our local area revolve around meals or activities. And so, you know, sports, but they're very purposeful activities with other members of our church. And so if people begin to to join and, and just get around this group of believers, then it's very natural for conversations to to get started and for people to get a pretty good sense of what this group is about and yeah. if they're interested to to begin having some of those deeper conversations. So yeah. so I guess it's just invitation, you know, right. invite people into your life yeah. and you're going to have more opportunities to have the actual conversations. Right. I do think, Andrew, I know we talked about it, you know, maybe in reverse of what you would have liked, but I am actually happy that we did start where we did. I think in the current state of our country and please, you know what, listeners, if you don't agree with me, I, I want to hear from you. I really do. Because this is just something I I feel is really just my opinion. So I would love to hear your thoughts. But I feel like, um, you know, the community that you have in San Diego is kind of unique, actually, that the people that are a part of your community are all very intentional. And so they know how to have good conversations with people about spiritual things mm. while playing football or whatever, or having a cookout or all those things. Yeah. Like it's it's built into the community. And really that is a unique thing. So a lot of, um, of churches today are great about having their congregation invite people and invite people along to be a part of that community. But even once you get there, it might be a little bit difficult to find those intentional conversations. So I think as believers, we do have to learn how to be intentional and and know how to have um, these kind of faith conversations with people, ask good questions and figure out a good question we could ask beforehand um, to help us so that when we are in relationship with people, you know, inviting them to come and see that it's then an intentional time with those people. Um, And then I think also, you know, one of the reasons we have started doing house church, and I think I've talked about this before, um, was because people don't want to go to church anymore. Like they're scared of it. It's um, intimidating. Maybe they had a bad experience. And so we actually started doing house church for those, that Mm -hmm. percentage of the population that have maybe been burned, but that do want to have spiritual conversations. Um, And, but I think what showed us that was we would invite people along with us and they would say no. And, but then we realized, oh, but they do still want to have a relationship with us. And they still right. are maybe ha- have spiritual questions and they want to have, you know, read the Bible, like you said. So that's, um, we do need to start thinking outside the box and not taking all the no's to mean, you know, one blanket no, that this person does not want to accept Jesus. They have like no spiritual pulse that really figure out, is there more going on? Do they just need to be a hanger on of my life and see how we live for a while. And that's okay too. So I think, you know, it's, you're absolutely right. This is a really important thing that we see modeled in the Bible, but we also don't want it to just turn into, 
inviting someone along to church or to Bible study, and then either they say no, and we're like, well, I invited them, I'm done, you know, (laughs) or inviting them and like sitting back and just hoping that a spiritual something will, nugget will fall in their lap. So I think all of our, the topics we've covered today, it's really work together. Um, They have to be working together or it will not be like a, a full process, I guess. Yeah, well, I think there there are a couple of things that I, I do want to make sure that we touch on, and and I'm actually fine with the way that it's it's the conversation has gone, and I I actually I'd love to hear from people if they disagree as well because yeah. I am def I am in full agreement with you, Abby, that I think uh, some of the people who most need the gospel are people that grew up in church because they they don't really understand the, the gospel. Yeah, Galatians one talks about that uh, there are there are dangers to the true gospel and. And one of those is Paul. Paul describes it as uh, a different gospel. He also talks about a contrary gospel, and, and he talks about a distorted gospel. And I think for a lot of people in America today, they've got pieces of the gospel, but um, I think of it almost like a puzzle. That that uh, if you think about the gospel message as this this puzzle, um, part of our challenge is to begin to piece it together for for ourselves first and then be able to to help others see the picture that the the gospel is giving us um and i think a lot of people grow up in church they've got these random pieces of this puzzle but they don't really know how it all fits together Mm. and and then for a lot of folks in our culture i think they've got they've got pieces of the true puzzle but then they've got some some rogue pieces that are in the box and they don't even fit with that that puzzle and yet they, you know, people think of these things as, well, this is what Christians believe. And so, yeah, I, I think that we, we do have to not just invite people to religious services. We do need to have these meaningful conversations where we're able to really walk with them through what is the true, the true gospel. Um, so that's, so that's one is I, I really agree with you that, that we need to be purposeful about this. And another is that, that we need to pray. I think prayer is something that's a hundred percent involved in, mm-hmm. in how we share our faith. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So, so I do think prayer is, is something that it's easy to overlook and we shouldn't because th- mm-hmm. there is a hundred percent spiritual dynamic involved in, Oof. in transmitting the faith, you know, Jesus, himself said that no one could come to him unless the father who sent him uh, draws him. And so I think even thinking through and being purposeful about, you know, praying specifically for not just opportunities, but um, for people to respond to the message. I I think that that's not only a valid thing to do, but if we're serious about sharing our faith, then why wouldn't, why wouldn't we be praying for that? Yeah, and we can pray for ourselves too. Um, there, there's the whole element of praying for boldness and praying for eyes to see the the loss the way he sees them. Um, I think for me, I was I was pretty convicted that I I just really didn't care about the lost at all. 
<laughs> and it was it was a horrible realization that I did not have that love for those that did not know Jesus yet. And so I had to really start praying for that. And that's something that's ongoing in my life that when I see that I am just kind of stuck in my rut and stuck with my all my Christian friends and my Christian activities, that I really need to start praying for a, a change of heart. I need to change that everything about how I am looking at the world. And, and the Lord is always really faithful to to immediately start opening my heart and my eyes mm-hmm. to how he sees the people around me. I, I really agree with that. That's that's absolutely one way that uh, we need to be praying. Um, and I, I think to encourage folks, you know, we are people of faith and we're interested in Jesus and following him. And I think one of the things that we can buy into, whether this is something that the the enemy plants in our mind or maybe it's just human nature, we can really buy into this idea that that no one else would be interested, that any person that we we might begin to conversate mm. with and, and share our faith with, well, they wouldn't be interested in, in Jesus or spiritual things. Mm. And it's just not true. Um, no. You know, most yeah. people believe in God. Um, you know, the vast majority of people want to find meaning and purpose in life. And so, you know, we're not unique in that sense, but we do have, um, we do have the truth about Jesus and we are walking on this path that, that Jesus has provided for us that leads to abundant life. And so, you know, that's something that, that we can share with others. Yeah. And it it is actually people are drawn to, to us. Um, they may not know why, but they are drawn to the life that we have within us. So, um, you know, we shouldn't think like we're out there pulling teeth trying to like convince people to join us. People are looking for life. Mm-hmm. They're they're looking for um, healing and for just an opportunity to have their lives changed. Because honestly, if we think back to what it was like without Jesus there is nothing there. Mm. And they're trying desperately to fill that with whatever, you know, the things of this world. But ultimately, they know deep down that it's not working. Um, And what we have is life to give them. So in some ways, they are ripe for the picking. And so that element of prayer is praying, you know, that the Lord would work in people's hearts and he would be doing what he does. And in those way those prayers are really the most glorious because we're just praying God's heart back to him. Um mm. cuz he is he is all about bringing his people back to him. So we get to be a part of that process in those those types of prayers of praying for the loss that we know by name and then praying for, you know, just the mass lost world. Well, I think we've given folks some starting points here but it's yeah. it's really something that we could probably revisit uh, down the road because i do think that we're just scratching the surface but maybe we could take this uh these last few minutes and just try to recap abby like what what are some practical things Ooh, that we can try <laughs> you know what are maybe i mean i've already got a few that are in my mind but what are some things that um we would encourage people who are listening to change or to take action on having listened to this particular episode. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, we'll just start at the at where we ended and say start with prayer. Like start by praying for yourself and then praying for the lost, praying for your own heart to change or whatever you feel is lacking in your own heart, keeping you from sharing the gospel. I'm um, just pr- start praying over that element of yourself and then start praying for the lost in your life as well that the Lord would already <laughs> be, you know, getting that soil tilled up in their hearts. So I think, yeah, in reverse, maybe the best place to start is prayer. Yeah, I've got a few things that I pray this morning as I was out on on my prayer walk. um, I've got a prayer list and there are just regular, I don't only pray through this list, but these are daily prayers that I have. And, you know, one of them is that we would see the gospel spreading and taking root in our neighborhood, in our city, and that, uh, that that the Lord would teach us how to share our faith. That's that's a prayer, a, a specific mm-hmm. sentence that I pray for myself, yeah. but also for the fellow believers that I'm connected with here. And Jesus will do that. He'll teach us how to share our faith. And then specifically, I, I pray that we would see people coming to faith on a regular basis and being baptized and, and growing to maturity in Christ. So, so I want to pray, well, why am I sharing our, my faith and and what am I hoping will happen? And so those are um, so those those are some examples of things that people could pray. I also mm-hmm. on Fridays I pray specifically for family, both my my personal family and then my extended family. And you know, there's some members of my extended family that I I honestly don't really know how to even pray for them because I've known them for years and they don't seem to be responding. And so today I don't know if it was a prayer of exasperation, but I just prayed that the Lord would save them. I don't even know how. I, I don't even know how to eloquently ask God to do it, but just, um, you know, lifting up those particular people in my yeah. life and asking God to to not give up on them. Because I, I know that I can be tempted to give up on, you know, family members mm. that I've known for, you know, 40 plus years <laughs> who just don't seem to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I think prayer is, is, is a great place to start. I think uh, another one is to go through this quick study. Like I said, it's going to be a link in the notes. You can do that. It's probably going to take you an hour to to do a proper study through those seven episodes in the Gospel of Acts. But I think it will really begin to help you refine your understanding of what is the Gospel message. Because it's a word we're, we're all familiar with, but I think many of us probably have things in that that are either blurry, they're, they're not in focus, or they may not even belong there. Things that we think are part of the gospel that, that don't show up when you study the New Testament and you study these seven episodes. So that would be another step that I think people could take towards learning how to share their faith. Um, what yeah, else, Abby? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the next thing to do is to to really verbalize it for yourself. Um, so maybe after going through that study and you know figuring that out for yourself, then literally speak the words out loud and imagine there's someone standing there and try to explain that to them in a short, succinct fashion. And um, there are great examples of of how to do that and we can I'll I'll find a video for us and we'll put that in the show notes as well um just as a an example but honestly if we just verbalize it for ourselves and that will help us as we move forward and are um trying to be more intentional in our own lives that if we've already spoken those words out into the world at least once or twice um then that will help us to be prepared when the holy spirit 
is nudging us. Yeah, and I, I think connected with that, you know, everyone probably has a person in their life that they could practice that with. So you may be part of a community, a church family like Abigail and I are, where it'd be very easy for you to find someone who would actually allow you to practice that that story with them. But even if you don't, maybe that's, it could even be better because you probably have someone who's a good friend who would be willing if you said, look, I'm really trying to get better at explaining to someone else why I believe what I believe. And uh, I'm trying to get to where I could share it in just, you know, 30 seconds. Do you mind if I share it with you? And or, you're so, minute. or one minute. <laughs> and, and, you know, one, you're going to get that practice, but you'll also actually be sharing your faith with that person. And, and who knows where that, that conversation might go. Yeah. So we would, um, we talked about maybe doing like an Instagram uh, challenge for our audience. And um, maybe we could finish with with that, Abigail, with that. which, by the way, yes. if, if you're following us and, and listening to the podcast, but you're not following us on Instagram, a lot of what we're doing throughout the week is is on Instagram. So hopefully folks will will find us there. But but one of the things that we want yeah. to do is encourage you to to actually take action with this particular episode. So how do we want people to do that, Abby? Yes. So. Um, get that one minute, 30 second, 15 second story, whatever you would like, um, down and then share it in your stories and tag us at Into the Harvest and we will be sharing those as well. So, well, um, I think that this will be helpful if you don't have people in your life to keep you accountable. That was really my last sort of point of call for all of us is to really find people that you can partner with in this and we want to do that for you as well so we want to partner with you in this process as well um we want to all keep each other accountable so this next week after you've listened to this episode just go ahead and post that on your social media you can do facebook as well um just go on the stories of Facebook or Instagram, share your story, and tag us in it so that we get to see it, and we would like to share it as well. So um, that's kind of our idea, and we really hope you guys will get involved. Also, just know that if you are behind on your podcast like I often get, and this is two months later, <laughs> you can still do it. And if you tag us, we'll see it, and we will absolutely love to check that out. So please have that be part of your action plan from listening to this. Yeah, so Abby's going to have the link to the short video that, that helps you figure out how to, to craft your own story and to get it down to that mm -hmm. 60 seconds. Once you've done that, you know, share it to your Instagram or your Facebook stories. Do make sure you tag us because that, that means that we will see it, for one. And then secondly, that gives us the opportunity to share it into our story. And so, you know, hopefully hundreds of people will get to hear your story. Um, as a result of that. So that'd be a fun Thousands. way to... Thousands. Thousands <laughs> of people, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I don't want to intimidate anybody, yeah. but you know, you will definitely be no. sharing your oh, faith, right. which would be pretty cool. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> well, Abby, we had probably our worst technical recording day with this wow. episode. I don't know what that means, but uh, friends, if it was a little jumbled, thanks for sticking with us until this point. But it's actually been yeah. a fun conversation, and I'm looking forward to hearing the, the stories. That... I'm glad we persevered, Andrew. I think it was really good, um, and I hope that Zach can put this together. Bless you, buddy. We're praying for you. And uh, thanks.
thanks to everyone else for listening and sticking with us. I'll see you next time, Andrew. All right, Abby. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the best ways you can partner with us to grow our community is to share this podcast with your friends. Whether it's word of mouth or sharing our content on social media, we need your help to spread the message. Thanks for being part of our family. Together, we're bringing discipleship into the digital age.